Good evening, folks. Let's get into another evening live here. Um, you know, I'm excited so far. 2024 has been an amazing year for us here at Team BC so far. I assume it's been the same for you as well. We're already two weeks in. All those initial New Year's resolutioners have already died off and we're back to the status quo, right? But I wanted to talk today about some stuff that I believe is going to be relevant in 2024. Um, I'm not specifically going to talk about one thing, but there's a few Kind of items that i want to touch on in regards to the world maybe the economy real estate social media that i think are going to be very relevant for people okay so if you haven't noticed right and we're getting right into it if you haven't noticed there's certain trends that um there's certain trends that pop up like on social media right as an example i have my way of doing things i have my lecture formats and i have the way that i like to present content because it's educational. I want people to consume it the right way. I want to attract the right customer and all that kind of stuff. However, especially this year, there's going to be things that you need to pay attention to, right? Trends have always been a thing. However, you'll notice that there's a shift. And when you pay attention to the little details, it starts to stand out to you what you need to take advantage of, right? Right now, social media, if you're watching this and you want to create social media, whether at a small or a big level or anything else, you want to be active on social media, there's certain trends you need to understand and not hop on, but take advantage of. One is reaction type of content. I've done it on my channel. I'm going to continue to do it. Reaction. Either you react to your old content, you react to a news article, you react to someone else's content. Believe me, I fought that shit for years. I think it's dumb. I still think it's dumb. But hey, people enjoy watching it. It's entertaining to them. So I need to put my own personal belief about it to the side and do it more, right? I started doing some stuff a couple months ago. I'm still doing it. It's just not that regular. However, it's undeniable that that type of content is huge. People have built platforms reacting to stuff. I'll say it again. People have built platforms reacting to news and content. So when people say, oh, man, it's really hard nowadays and that kind of stuff. No, it's not because you could literally build a platform reacting to other people's content. It's insane, right? Another one is the real idea where you put music on it because depending on the type of music that you use on your reel, right? If it's trending, it gives you more traffic on your post. It's the same thing doing a traditional video or reel where I speak compared to doing you know, the, I don't know, the manuscripts or whatever, where it's just free flowing, there's music, there's a dynamic image or video, like the muted version of me talking, but we have it all typed out now. That's huge. Those content pieces, right, that I make, I do one regular speaking and the other one with the writing format and the music, 
The second one will get more views. Even though the first one is more impactful and better, more people will see the other one. So for you as a creator, you need to have a healthy mix of all this stuff. Because if you, if you are like me, where you're stubborn and you want to do things your way, well, you're severely limiting yourself if you don't take advantage of you know the reels and all this other stuff. Because I get it. Believe me, guys. I get it. I don't like that type of shit. I've added it, right? Because I understand it's a functional part of doing the social media machine, right? And I'm still going to do stuff the majority of the time my way, but it's stuff that's just undeniable and you need to make sure that you take advantage of it. Because if you don't, right, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot because I remember like when the reels first came out, even though I was already censored at the time, like when the reels came out, anytime I put out a reel, because at the time it was like fresh and new, they were getting tons of views. like tons of views. Okay. And it didn't matter what I put out. It got a ton of views, right? So understand that there's always going to be mechanisms and trends like that. Same thing when like a news article comes out about something in your industry, make some content about it, right? You can go on TikTok now and use the green screen mode where you can take a, a picture or an image on your phone, an article or whatever, put it in the background and talk and it'll automatically green screen you. That's how incredible this technology is. You couldn't do that back in the day. I had. A, why do you think I didn't do that type of content back in the day? I didn't have a video editor and I was like, man, I don't want to do that shit, right? I'm not a technology guy. I don't need to learn it. Now you can do it through an app and it's automatic and it's cool. And those little reels that I do go on my Instagram and Facebook and everything else and YouTube, the ones where I put that shit in the background and green screen and talk over it, get more views and engagement than the other ones. I mean, it's incredible. It's as simple as that, okay? So- the, the prediction for 2024 is that type of stuff is going to explode. And if you take advantage of it in conjunction with what you already do, you can really start to catapult yourself on some of these platforms, right? Because I get it. Everybody gets discouraged when they create stuff online and nobody views it. And believe me, I'm not only redoing it, I have censorship and all that working against me. So I have it harder than you guys. So I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly understand that frustration. Believe me, totally. I talk about it on the ground level with, I had a conversation with Greg, right? Greg McDaniel, shout out to him, right? Dude, that's been in real estate in California for a long time. We're, we've still been good friends. We had like an hour long conversation about that today on the phone. It's crazy what's going on, right? But it doesn't stop me or him or anyone else from continuing to do what we do. Another thing is money talks. These same platforms that shun me and other people, if we spend money on ads, and we give them money, guess what happens? Whew, they put us in front of you. All of a sudden, all the independent fact-checking and all that shit goes out the window because I exchange with them some money, boom, front and center. Notice that when you go on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube and you're scrolling, right, or you watch a video, there's double ads now and ads every minute. And on Instagram, you look at stories, every other story or every third story is an ad, right? They're favoring now, not chronologically ordered content, right? Or just pushing the algorithm. It's people who are spending money. Why do you think every six months or a year, there's a new guru saying the same shit as the last one? They're just putting more marketing dollars behind it and people are jumping on the trend. They say the same thing, but because it's a new face and a new voice and a new name, it must be new. This is the guy that's going to save me, right? And it's just rinse and repeat, but they're putting money behind it. It has nothing to do with the quality or anything else of their content. It's they put enough money behind it. They saturate the market. More people see them. They build their brand, right? 
And that's just something that people are going to have to embrace going into 2024. You're going to have to put money behind your brands and your name if you really want it to grow, right? Now, I blew up originally all organic, right? And we're still playing around with it and we put some money behind ads and there's a little science behind that too. But plain and simple, you got to put money behind your stuff, man. If you really want to get out in the public and you want people to see you, you have to put money behind it because if you spend money on ads and you understand these trends a little bit, it's going to be way easier for you to get some traction and grow, right? It's no different than when I started. I noticed like when I would make a YouTube video, let's say I got 10 views when I first started 10 years ago, right? Um, when I would make a, a video about a listing or a home that I had for sale, it would automatically get 10 or 100 times more views. And I always sat there like, why? But it made sense when I thought about it and did the research. You put the address in the city and the zip code, home for sale. Well, guess what? People are constantly looking the internet for that city, that zip code, and homes for sale. So it would drive the traffic there, right? That makes sense. So just like with the trends, there's also going to be certain types of content that more people look up and search. So when you're thinking about titling your things and putting the descriptions, you need to put yourself in the shoes of the people who are going to watch the content or want to watch it. How would they search? What would they write? What would they type? What would the question be? Once that stuff right, starts kind of brewing in your mind and you figure it out, then it becomes infinitely easier for you to title things and do descriptions. That's the same formula I followed for freaking 10 years now, pretty much. Right? So that's some of the stuff on social media and branding. Um, I don't think it's like revolutionary. I don't think it's that hard. I think it's pretty simple for people to follow that stuff. How about like real estate, right? What are some, some things I think about the economy and real estate? Well, I think uh, for most people, we're going to see kind of that same lull that a lot of people have been feeling on the market side, probably for the first three to six months of this year. And then with the feds continuing to reduce the rates, which I think is going to be three times um, in this calendar year that they said, um, we should see things go kind of back to what they were before because there's still low inventory, right? It could be creeping up in some places, but overall it's still low. There's a lot of pent up demand. A lot of people are on the fence, kind of like, hey, I want to wait until, you know, the, the interest rates go down a little bit. Some people are right on the cusp of they can't qualify, right? Because the interest rates, because they're like the borderline buyers, I call them, where financially they're not well, well off. And that small half or one point change can kind of push them out of the market, especially with the rising prices. So I think third and fourth quarter of this year, you should see more of that kind of buzz and, and what people were used to the last year or two before we had this little dip, right? So in essence, right, a lot of people have also asked me about some of the stuff about the, the lawsuits and all that. I mean, uh, look, in, in a place like New York, where that's already been implemented. Um, Look at it this way, right? Just generally speaking, can that change in the future? Sure. But in the immediate future, I don't think anything is going to change because in a state like that, where the seller now has the option to offer or pay the buyer's commission or not, look, at the end of the day, right, this is supply and demand and the results are in the pudding. Meaning, right, if most people out there, right, if you're watching this and you're a consumer or you're a newer agent who doesn't understand, just listen. All of us that are active agents in the market, team leaders, whatever, we all have our clients and clientele. We're working with buyers and sellers, right? So if somebody hires you to list a home and then they opt to not pay a buyer's commission or not have anyone else bring a buyer, that cuts out a lot of potential opportunity. I no doubt will still find the buyer, but it makes sense from a supply and demand standpoint to expose your product to any and all willing and able buyers, meaning that could potentially drive the price up that will more than make up for that extra two or three points of commission or whatever it is that they pay, right? So I think if enough people opt out of it and they feel that that pain, 
then they're going to start paying, you know, that commission and see, Hey, you know what, from a dollars and cents standpoint, it makes sense to pay the buyer commission and offer it because now instead of only exposing ourselves to this agent and the buyers, we now have all these other agents and their buyers to also come in and potentially put a bid on the house. Right. But long-term, could they potentially knock out the buyer's agent? Maybe. Right. I just don't think it's going to happen anytime like right now, but maybe 10, 20, 30 years, you can see it. Um, so what does that mean for the ground level real estate agent? Well, you have to build a listing based business. You need to own the inventory myself, my team members, my coaching students. I've built them all from day one to be listing agents. So when they see this stuff, it's in one ear and out the other. They knew potentially that would happen, but it doesn't affect their day to day because they're still primarily listing based. So if you haven't made that adjustment, you need to make it immediately. You need to build the skill set, have the systems, right? Have the workflow and be able to switch. If you're working primarily with buyers right now, cool. If you're doing deals, right? Make that money, but you got to make the switch. You got to take control of your business. You can handle a lot more transactions and volume as a listing agent than you can as a buyer's agent. And it's just, I mean, it, it, your profitability goes up. You get more of your time back. I mean, there's just absolutely no comparison, right? A lot of people opt to work with buyers because it's easier in quotes, right? They won't admit it, but that's really the reality. It takes less skill to work with buyers than it does with sellers, right? And if anybody ever wants to debate that live, I have no problem debating that, right? That's the real estate market, right? How about the economy? Well, inflation is up. A lot of people are, you know, hesitant, whether that's putting their money into real estate. A lot of people are seeing housing prices and rents rise, uh, everyday goods going up, gas going up and that kind of stuff. Well, man, you need to realize that this is a trend. This isn't the first time it's happening. And economies, businesses, markets go up and down. They're cyclical. They can be volatile, especially with the government that we have, right? That's not going to change, at least in the immediate future. You need to change, meaning your handling of your finances needs to change, your discipline, right? Your ability to create other streams of income for yourself, increasing your active income, putting your money into investments and things that will guarantee, regardless of what happens on the outside, that you still can keep the roof over your head and deal with inflation, rising costs, and all these things. If you own assets and you own real estate and you have passive and residual income and you have something, well, then you'll be okay, which is why people like me aren't sweating bullets. I feel for the average person. I really do. But I'm not sitting here tripping like, oh my God, I'm going to go broke and this and that. If the gas prices double, I don't care. Me. Now, the average person, it affects them greatly. So the advice would be put yourself in the position where it doesn't affect you anymore. Because I ran into that issue years ago where I said, you know what? I remember being brand new in real estate and sweating, right? Taking somebody out for lunch and paying for it, sweating, thinking, uh-oh, hopefully this car doesn't get declined because I don't have much money on it. And then getting back the bill, I'm like, you know, then you look later and you have like a dollar left or 50 cents left in your account. And you're like, oh my God, right? I swore to myself back then I would never be in that position again. And I needed to be one step ahead because one aspect of that is getting your shit together. The other one is, can something outside of us potentially create a roadblock for you? And we saw that in 2020, right? I can't even say the word anymore with what happened with 2020 because it got me in a lot of trouble, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's an example of something outside of your control coming in and shaking things up. Are you prepared for something like that? I was. Now, what was it? Two or three months after the lockdowns, I expanded my team and went nationwide. 
I expanded and grew during that time when everybody was retracting and running away and hiding. So that's next level thinking and preparation, not just being able to handle your stuff, but hey, even if somebody outside of me, someone or something comes and tries to wreck what I've created, I'm in such a good position that that can't even stop me, even at the governmental level. You know what's cool? Uh, this is a random kind of factoid for people. They don't know that when you own real estate, as an example, you can charge whatever you want for rent. So let's say our currency changes to yen or gold bars or metal, iron, I don't know, or cats, right? Because I have cats. I can charge whatever I want. I can say I want 10 metal bars, 10 iron bars, three gold bars a month. I want two cats a month. It doesn't matter. So as from an asset standpoint, that's a very secure asset. Additionally, people will always need a roof over their head, right? So when I always advocate to people and talk about real estate, I knew these things in addition to the financial benefits and all that stuff because I want to be protected from something on the outside. Let's say my income, my active income is shut off. Well, I make enough passively and residually now that I'll have money coming in and I'm good. And more than covers my expenses. Plus, just that. You see? But I knew from day one, I said, eventually, I want to get to where I'm at today. And I need to do what I need to do to get here. And bit by bit, piece by piece, brick by brick, that was built. Right? And every year in the business plan, hey, I'm going to acquire another property this year. I'm going to buy two. You guys remember when I moved to Miami, I talked about it on my first channel. Hey, I bought two properties this year. Hey, I'm moving this. I bought this home. I did that. You saw a lot of that. You saw a lot of that. And what, what a shame it would be for people to follow me for years and not do that for themselves when they're literally witnessing it right in front of them. Why wouldn't you do that for yourself? Much of that was shared with people. Now, a lot of them don't pay attention to it or it's just entertainment for them. What a shame. What a shame, right? But if we haven't learned the lesson with the lockdowns and what's happening and, you know, again, market volatility, what is it going to take for people to learn that lesson in regards to being a step ahead or two steps ahead? right? Nothing breeds more ingenuity and creativity than crisis. And people have dealt with a lot of crises over the last couple of years, five years, 10, 15 years. What would it take for somebody to really say, okay. And for, for a lot of people, it has to hit home. They have to be put in an extreme situation where they're evicted, kicked out, have no money in their bank account. My question and response to that would be, why would you wait until that? Why would you allow yourself to get in a position where you're such in such a deep, dark hole? that now you would need a miracle to get out of it. That just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Right? And the further we go down, meaning as time goes by and people get older, right? And they don't learn these lessons and they don't handle their finances and they don't create leverage against these things. Man, it's just going to crush you as time goes on. I mean, look at AI. AI, this is another prediction. AI is going to wipe out the average person. If you have a low skill job, AI is going to destroy you. We've been seeing this happen. Self-checkout at supermarkets. There's no more greeters at a lot of places. It's a machine, right? People with low skill jobs. And again, 
I'm not here saying, oh, you're a piece of shit if you have that job. No, you may like that job. That's fine. But you need to look at the market and adapt. Even, you, even though you may love it, again, if you're going to be replaced, no matter how good you are, what's the point? You would be foolish to keep riding that until the wheels fall off and then have nothing else to do. Right? Even if in five years, right, real estate agents are replaced by AI, I'm good. I have so many other things and investments and other businesses that I'm fine. Like that's how far ahead I am. Now, on an individual level, I know a machine can't replace me in everything that I do. Right. But I'm utilizing that type of stuff. Like we've gone in, right? One of my students, Ryan, right? Shout out to him. He went in with, you know, some of the AI technology and he went through a lot of the lectures and transcribed them and used the technology to give people more specific notes and on the back end be able to search and get cliff notes and summaries of all that stuff. I mean, it's a vital tool. So I'm utilizing it within what I do, but it's not going to replace me. Right. It might replace certain things, but it's not going to replace me and my skill set and what I bring to the marketplace and what I bring to my businesses. Are you in that position, though? Because the average, as an example, the average salesperson or real estate person, right? They want to do the bare minimum, bring nothing to the table, not really work hard, not take pride in their work, but still get paid. In that case, those people are going to get destroyed because then AI can take over. You're not bringing any skill or any type of value, real value, right? Besides being an order taker, then you're no different than a cashier. A cashier can be replaced by a machine, right? Now, if we all started as a job as a cashier, great. That's where we started, right? That's not a career though. And as time goes on, you're seeing that type of stuff being replaced. You got you to get the wheels turning here and say, okay, what am I really going to do? Now, we live in a beautiful era where... We have platforms like this. You have the ability to grow a business and grow a brand online. Then you're independent of that type of stuff to a degree, right? Again, like I said earlier, there's people who just do make a living off reaction content and make probably five, 10, 15, $20,000 a month just from ad revenue. That's crazy. You couldn't do that 10, 15, 20 years ago. So the amount of opportunity now, in spite of all this grim news is, dude, opportunity is abundant. We live in like the, one of the, greatest eras to make money and make something of yourself, right? It's insane how easy it is now compared to 20, 30, 40 years ago. But people will tell you the opposite. Oh, it's so hard. No, it's not. You can pick up a phone and start vlogging and blow up. You can build a brand online from nothing. These platforms are free. I grew everything that I did for free on these platforms organically. I hit 200,000 subscribers on YouTube on my first channel over five or six years ago before all this demonetization and all this shit happened right? That's a long time ago. Organically, without spending a penny, same thing on Instagram and all that stuff. I didn't buy followers and all that shit. I never did. I built it organically. And I'm just the average person. I just decided to do this thing and document my work. And I made something of myself. Anybody can do it. That's the beauty of it. You don't have to be special or do this or that, right? I just saw it through and I had the vision to say, one day I'll be there. Now, as time goes on, people are dimming that light, right? Making it less intense. Oh, no, I can't. There's too many people. It's saturated. I hear the excuses. Well, BC, I want to make content, but everybody makes content. No, they don't. No, they don't. And the people that do, most of them quit very quickly. The turnover rate with content is ridiculous. Oh, I tried making content for a week or two, but I didn't get any traction. My response to that is you thought it was going to be that easy? 
you're just going to come on and make videos for a week or two and suddenly you're going to be a superstar i mean come on <laughs> really you thought it was going to be that easy remember two years for me to get a thousand subscribers two years and i have people telling me they quit because in three months they got a thousand or only 500 are you kidding me are you kidding me who said you need to go viral who said it's all about followers it's not because that's another thing for 2024 authenticity transparency is huge right now people are tired of all the gurus and all the false promises and all that shit. now incorrectly some people try to throw me into that category which is stupid i think it's just because i have a following i never make false promises i've always stood by hard work and all the stuff that, that that i built my life and brands and businesses on i just preach it but because i'm online oh no, get out of here dude right authenticity and transparency right is huge is huge and people are starting to really reconnect with that like they did you know i think like nine ten years ago when all these platforms really started taking off and I think that's going to be key for people too, is really embracing that. And it's tough for a lot of people because you have to be vulnerable to a degree because people know more about you. They see more how you actually think, your stance on things, and that can open you up to criticism. But that's fine. The more you share, the more opportunities there are for criticism. However, simultaneously, there's more opportunity for people to connect with you and get closer to you and like your brand and ride, ride or die for it, right? Which is ultimately what you want. You want raving fans. Not a bunch of fair weather followers who are going to turn their head and nose and, and leave you at the first sign of any kind of adversity. That's not what you want because then you're walking on eggshells and you're creating a persona online that's fake. You don't want that. You don't want that, right? But that honesty and transparency is going to be huge going forward, right? Like I just shared on my Instagram a check that I got from escrow, paid off another mortgage because I sold the house. I showed the little escrow surplus check. That's pretty cool. Right? So I'm showing people something real from something that I talked about that lets them connect the dots and say, oh, he wasn't just saying that. It's something that's real. Right? Cool. So pretty soon here, guys, I'm going to start opening up the, uh, the Zoom again for people to call in and we could do some live calls. Um, I think I will be now transitioning to doing this more at 7 p.m. Eastern, which is a little bit later compared to before. I like this time better and may continue to get later. Uh, we'll see how it goes, but I appreciate you watching. Uh, for those of you who really need help, with your 2024 trajectory business plan, the execution of it, right? Editing it and working with that document and plan all throughout the year and not just writing it and stashing it away. I've released a business planning masterclass that's exclusive to my coaching, but I've released it to the world. Make sure you check that out. Okay, that's in the description along with coaching and all the other stuff that I offer. Okay, that's it for this one, guys. We'll see you on the next one. Peace.